Hello, best ball fantasy nuts, and welcome to a fat best ball discussion on the Big D podcast. Before I bring in today's special guest, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. Posted a redraft discussion last night. Also, check out the Big D podcast for on Spotify and Apple. So, uh, Everybody's doing fantasy football leagues, whether it be redraft, dynasty, and best ball. And uh, here to discuss best ball drafts with me is uh, my buddy, Jeff Lambert. Uh, Jeff, uh, how many best ball drafts do you do? <laughs> so I think currently, so I'm not as crazy as some of the guys. I had a few guys on my podcast that have done like hundreds and hundreds. Um, I think I have about 30, 40 uh, underdog best ball drafts right now. Uh, we've been putting them out uh, on my website um, every couple of weeks. We've kind of paused it a little bit with the Scott Fishbowl going on right now. But uh, once the Scott Fishbowl is over with, um, then we'll start uh, putting some more best ball drafts out there. How many will you have by the time week one comes around? Uh, if I can get to like 60 or 70, that's probably my my sweet spot right there. Because then once, this, once the, the, the season starts, I don't have time to really do any more drafts. I know they have like the in-season drafts um, where you can just do a one-week best ball league. I don't do those too often. I play more deal fantasy on, on DraftKings than I do on those best ball drafts for, for, for one week. Maybe that's when you do a future best ball draft. Yeah, yeah. I've done a bunch of those too. I did some of those um, immediately after Super Bowl, I think in – mid-February I had done a bunch that um, the first ones I did didn't include the rookies and then I did some that were in March that include the rookies before they even had teams um, which I think kind of gives me an edge a little bit if I do my research you know and I know who's going to be going to you know the top picks and as rookies go <clears throat> then I can go and get some of those guys before anybody knows about them so I think there's a little bit of an edge to be had by drafting before the draft. Okay so uh, simple what is so fun about a best ball draft? Best ball, really, it, it's the way I can tell people about it when they first, you know, they hear it like, oh, like there's no in-season in management. What's the fun in that? I'm like, for me, the drafting is the funnest part of fantasy football in general. And it's basically doing like a mock draft that you can win money from. I mean, we all do mock drafts all season long. You know, we have whether it's with our friends or against the computer, like, you know, like a fancy pros kind of website, we're just doing mock drafts constantly. So with best ball, you get to do the mock draft and then see how your mock turned out, you know, at the end of the season and see how you actually ended up. So for me, it's just, it's just a fun thing to keep the summer going, you know, drafting, doing mock drafts um, pretty much all summer. It gives me an idea of, you know, where players are going uh, headed into my real redraft leagues. So I can kind of have an idea of ADP, um, and those kind of things. And, and, and then, like I said, once the season starts, you just forget about it until the end of the year. And then you go back and check and see if you've won any money. So um, the fun part really is just the drafting part of it. Yeah, what intrigues me about best ball drafts is there's no in-season movement. So you've got what you got. So you can't make a trade for, for something. Like if I'm out of the race or if I'm in a dynasty league, I can't make that trade in a in best ball league i've got what i got so if my team is good then my draft can walk out if my if i'm the uh what would be a crappy nfl team if i'm the new york giants drafting then i will suck yep exactly 100 percent agree it's, it's it's all my it's all the draft the draft is the key and, and there's different strategies to sort of work the draft 
um, as, far, as far as like we talked about before the podcast, like stacking guys and, you know, making sure you have handcuffs for guys that, you know, could possibly go down some of your bigger name guys having handcuffs for those guys because, you know, you can't fill them in. There's no waiver wire. You can't go and grab people at the waiver wire if one of your guys get hurt. You got to kind of think ahead on that. Yeah, so at the running back position, obviously, to me, uh, John and Taylor feels like the top guy, whether it be redraft, dynasty, or best ball leagues. Uh, is he your 101? Yeah, he's definitely 101. It's the consensus overall. I mean, if you're taking but him at the 101, you're just trying to be different at that point because he is definitely by far the 101. Maybe if it's, maybe if it's a super flex or a or more of a tight end premium league. But to me, Taylor's so consistent, so safe. He'll get all the goal line. I mean, potentially. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll be a bad season from Taylor. 1,500 yards and probably 12, 13 touchdowns. Yeah, as long as he stays healthy, there's no there's no scenario in which he doesn't, you know, finish as an one. He's one of the best run offensive lines in the league. He's going to get the volume there. You know, there's, you know, no one really to back him up that's going to take any kind of carries away from him. Um, he, you know, we kind of talked about him coming into the into his rookie season that he wasn't really a pass catcher, but he proved last year that he was good enough to be a pass catcher. So uh, he caught passes last year too. Um, that offense is is not the highest powered offense in the NFL, but it's definitely not one of the worst either. So it's kind of middle of the pack. So there'll be plenty of opportunities for him to score touchdowns. Um, he's got the perfect storm of what you look for in a, in a running back. And and especially maybe not not in this league, but if you were in like a like an eliminator league, a week fourteen bye never hurts. Right, exactly. Yep. So who's one guy you you like more than like more this year, and one guy you like less this year than the rankings? So one guy that I like more, and I I like him more in much any format, um, whether it be redraft, dynasty, I have him ranked higher than most people, best ball. I just pulled up my exposure, which is basically how many players I own, and he's my highest uh, exposure running back as well. Uh, and that's Elijah Mitchell for the 49ers. I, I don't, don't like him more. Um, this guy averaged nearly 20 a game. People want to talk about the, you know, the, the 49ers back was being a, a committee well last year it wasn't a committee when Eli Mitchell was healthy he was carrying the workload getting 20 carries plus a game even with Debo Samuel getting in there mixed in he was still getting 20 carries plus uh, the only reason he didn't get a, a, have a bigger season is because Debo had eight on the ground um, that could have easily gone to Eli Mitchell but uh, Eli Mitchell would be he's going to go into the season as the number one back and probably one of the best running offenses in the league uh, 20 touches a game, and I, I think I'm getting him like he went the board like RB 23, you know, late. Um, so Eli Mitchell was definitely one guy that I am eyeing into heavily. Um, on the opposite end, uh, a guy that you said that people are people kind of like that I don't like, um, I, honestly, it's Najee Harris. I, I don't, I mean, I get it, he gets the volume. Um, he's the most inefficient running backs. To, not not his fault. I mean, his offensive line is terrible. Uh, last year, his the passing offense with Ben Berger on our center was not very good either. So they were stacking the box on every. Uh, his yards per carry was really low. Uh, the only thing that last year was the amount of volume that he got. I mean, he received 
ridiculous volume, and he will get that ridiculous volume again this year. You're not gonna when you do best ball, you want to have those those ceiling games. You want to have those monster forty plus point games that are gonna win you a week. Um, whereas Najee Harris just sort of remained consistent all along. He really didn't have any of those those spike weeks. It seemed it seemed like Najee Harris was trying to cut you out of the system. <laughs> so um, one guy, good? one guy who intrigues me this year in all kinds of drafts is DeAndre Swift. And yeah, we have. I don't think we've seen DeAndre Swift break out yet, but as a PPL monster. I feel like Swift's due for a breakout year if he could ever stay healthy because I think the line's going to be behind a lot, which means more receptions for him, which we like because of our tailback is getting catches. We're all happy. Yep, I 100% agree. I like Swift as well. He's one of those guys that I think are going to – if he can just stay healthy, that's really the key. If he can stay healthy and stay on the field, um, and, he's, he's game script proof. You know, if they're winning – He's getting the carries to milk the clock. If they're losing, he's getting the catches to sort of try to play the catch up. So uh, he's he's game script proof. There's no way that he's gonna be milked out of the out of the uh, out of the equation here in the offense. You drafting an Alpha Camara in any leagues? Late, only late. If I if I take him, it's gonna be late because I think he can come back and have a good second half of the season. Um, but for that first half, if he ends up getting suspended for six games or whatever it is, you're going to get you know nothing from him. So I think if I can get him late enough to where he becomes a value, um, then I will take him. But I won't I won't take him anywhere near the top. I don't think I'll take Kamara at all. I don't think I'll take. I don't want that rift plus no Sean Payne in there. I think the yes. Saints are going to play like a Saints play a lot of 17, 14 games anyway. I don't want Kamara. Yeah. Yeah, Kamara is basically you're betting on the upside, and you're betting on the, the upside. That you, and you're right, there's too much uncertainty there. You know, Jameis Winston didn't play much last year, so we don't have how the offense is going to look. You know, brand new coaching staff. Uh, the offensive weapons aren't that great, really. So it's going to be tough, but I do think Alvin Kamara still has a opportunity to have some peak weeks, so I would take a chance on him late. So at the quarterback position, uh, I think both of us would agree that Josh Allen is the top quarterback in basically any format. I mean, he all but carried the Bills past the Chiefs in that division round, and it seems like Josh Allen's only getting better with time. Yeah, I agree. Josh Allen is the is the one hundred and one for me, and I mean, you can make the argument for a few other guys. Josh, Justin Herbert's in there. Uh, probably mixed in there as well, but um, as far as the fact that not only you get the passing stats that you know that a Holmes might put up, you also get the rushing stats that you know Josh Allen can do. Um, he gets a lot of red zone carries as well, um, so you get the full package with Josh Allen. You got the the quote unquote Konami code quarterback, plus you get the passing volume that you do there in Buffalo. So Josh Allen is the one on one for. Which quarterback, like the running back position, which quarterback do you like and which quarterback are you uh, not liking? So I'm taking uh, Lamar Jackson in a lot of my best ball leagues. Um, I think he had a little bit mainly due to injury last year, um, but we kind of got sort of peek into what the Ravens want to do with their draft. I mean, they drafted two. Um, they, you know, they get uh, J.K. Dobbins back healthy, Gus Edwards back healthy. They want to run the ball and play defense. That's what they're built for. Um, so I think that Lamar Jackson is going to have a nice bounce back season. Getting him at a bit of a discount, too, because people are a little scared of his injury. Lamar Jackson will be just fine, and I'll take him all day. Uh, on the 
don't like as much as the as the field. Um, Prescott, uh, Dak Prescott's a guy. I still like Dak Prescott. Don't be wrong. I'll draft him if he falls to me. But um, from where he's going in drafts, he's someone that I'm kind of avoiding. You know, he did lose uh, Amari. Uh, he lost um, a couple other guys in that all. It's basically C.D. Lamb and some unproven guys uh, as far as passing game goes. And they want to run the ball still. So, that, you know, still there. They got Tony Pollard back there. So I don't know if that offense is going to be as high as we all hope that it will be. Um, and I, some of the pieces that he's lost this season could hurt him a little bit, especially early on in the season. Uh, you know, missing Michael Gallup for likely the first six games of the season as well. So Dak Prescott's a guy that I'm not, I'm not hating on him. I take them as high as he's been going in most of my drafts. Yeah, that's that's a little worrying to me, not based on his talent, but based on who's not on the Cowboys. Because you take away Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson, the offensive line's not getting any better. And plus, you look at Dallas's schedule. I mean, Tampa, I mean, sure, the NFC lease was uh, not great last year, but you know, the Cowboys, you know, Cowboys have got huge, huge expectation on them every year, and we'll see what happens in Big D. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a situation to monitor for sure. Everybody's kind of high in CD Lamb, too. Um, but, you know, he hasn't really proven that he's a wide receiver one yet. I mean, we've seen flashes of it. We all think he can do it, um, but he hasn't done it yet. So until we see it, for sure. Well, I'm glad you mentioned C.D. Lamb because it's now time for the wide receiver. And uh, let's see, that Cooper Cup guy put up a half decent 2021 season. I, I don't know. He caught like one or two passes, one or two touchdowns, won this yeah. thing we like to call the Super Bowl most valuable player. Yeah, Cooper Cup's pretty right. I think that connection with Matt Stafford uh, really, really helped him. I mean, he's before but nothing we saw nothing like that coming in anywhere he challenged some of the records there for the nfl took the triple last year with receiving yards touchdowns and catches uh so cooper cup in a redraft league right now is probably still the 101 there's a guys that you can make the case for then you get other positions i think jt and Johnson are the clear cut clear cut 101s um i could see arguments for guys like jamar chase justin jefferson comes to mind uh, you know, a few guys you can probably put in that mix there, but uh, I think if I'm drafting right now, it's still Cooper Cup as my top receiver. Which wide receiver do you like, and which more wide receiver don't you like this year? Uh, so, what about uh, uh, Cooper Cup's teammate that he just got, Mr. Allen Robinson? I've been getting him in all of my drafts. Uh, Allen Robinson, he's been up until last year, he's been quarterback proof good with Blake Bortles. He's been good with Mitch Trubisky. Uh, Dalton slash Justin Fields combination to, to set him off track on being a, a top receiver. And people are down on him now. And they're like, oh, now he's in he's in L.A. He's got Matt Stafford. They got that powerful offense. Uh, people are worried about him being the quote-unquote number two receiver. But I definitely am not. Uh, that just means he's going to number two cornerback from the other side of the, you know, on the team. And I think he can dominate there. That offense is high-powered. I think Stafford threw 40-plus touchdowns last year. They were one of the more pass-heavy offenses in the league. So Allen Robinson, where he's going right now, is a, is a huge, huge value for me. So he is definitely one that I'm drafting high. Uh, and the one that we kind of talked about earlier is the one I'm kind of a little bit down on is C.D. Lamb. Uh, again, for the same reasons I mentioned with Dak Prescott, uh, we don't know 
what the offense is going to look like. You know, like you mentioned, offensive line's not getting any younger. Uh, Amari Cooper's not there to take away that coverage anymore. Stevie Lamb's now the de facto 101. Can he, can he handle being the 101 there as far as the receivers go in that offense? Uh, Macklin Gallup won't be there for the first part of the season, most, most likely. Uh, so, yeah, I think C.D. Lamb is a guy that I'm not drafting as high as he's going. I'll take him if he slips. If he slips, he's definitely a value and he's worth taking. But I think he's going at like receiver four, receiver five. That's a little bit too rich for my blood. Yeah, I think one guy one guy who intrigues me going in that C.D. Lamb range is Mike Evans because like uh, Dallas with uh, Michael Gallup's injury, Chris Godwin's probably going to miss the first month or so of the season coming off his 20 ACL. No Rob Gronkowski, which means it's going to be Mike Evans and playoff Lenny. So give me all the Mike Evans. Yeah, my, give me all the Mike Evans in my league. I just think that Mike Evans is going to – we know what Evans is. He's a 1,000-yard, double-digit touchdown monster. He's he, – He's what you want from a number one receiver. People don't view him as the number one because they think he's playing with the GOAT, but Mike Evans has been there no matter who the quarterback is in Tampa. And with who's not there, I think Mike Evans could be even bigger this year. I agree 100%. Mike Evans is another guy, you know, I mentioned Al Robinson being quarterback. Mike Evans is the epitome of quarterback proof. Outside of Tom Brady, he's had some pretty terrible quarterbacks, and all he does is put up 1,000-yard seasons every year of his career. He's put up 1,000-yard seasons. With Tom Brady, he's become a touchdown guy, too. I mean, he gets those uh, – I think he had a, a game two now where he had three catches and two of them for touchdowns. So Mike Evans is definitely in a good shape there, and he'll be a guy that people are sleeping on as well that you can get at a pretty good value. And one guy I am worried about, especially if he remains with his current team, is DK Metcalf. Because it's not necessarily DK Metcalf's fault, but you go from Russell Wilson, a surefire Hall of Famer, to Geno Smith, or who's the guy, or who's the other? Drew Locke. Or Drew, Drew Locke. Locke. I'm just saying, you go from Russ to Geno Smith for Drew Locke. So instead of let Russ eat and let walk, Russ walk out the door because you go from yeah. the Hall of Fame to the Hall of Pain. <laughs> now, I will say one thing. So DK Metcalf has been sleeping for all the things, or sleeping on because of all was mentioned. But last year, I think uh, DK Metcalf had five uh, receiver one finishes for a week, and three of those were with Geno Smith. So as terrible as those quarterbacks are, that defense is terrible enough that I think there's enough volume that if you can get DK Metcalf at a discount, um, I would definitely take it because that defense is going to be bad again this year, meaning they're going to be throwing the ball a ton. And, you know, if he's getting 13, 14 targets a game because they're always playing from behind, I think he still puts up a pretty decent amount of points. Interesting. So tight end, um, this Travis Kelsey guy is just putting a thousand yard season like we've never seen from a tight end. I know he's getting he's over 30 now, but Kelsey's got to be the one on one of tight ends, right? Yeah, I think so. Only because Tyreek Hill left, and I think he's the only thing left there that uh, Patrick Mahomes knows for sure where he's going to be at 100% of the time. I would throw Mark Andrews in the mix there. I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, doubt him. He did end up taking that tight end one spot from Kelsey last year. Uh, Lamar Jackson will be back. He'll still be targeting uh, Mark Andrews heavily. 
And I, I think Mark Andrews at this point in his career is a little more athletic and a little bit more uh, big playability uh, over Kelsey. But with that said, Lamar Jackson is not Patrick Mahomes. So if I got Patrick Mahomes throwing me the football in that high-powered offense, I think Kelsey hits the slight edge uh, for, over Mark Andrews this year. I will, I will admit in my dynasty link that I just joined yesterday, I made, I made a crazy trade. I traded Derrick Henry and Austin Hooper for Mark Andrews in a 2023 first-rounder. Who, do you got, who got the better end of that deal? I like that. I like that deal because Derek kind of at that peak where he's he's going to fall off. You know, he's he's been amazing for us, but he's a running back. We've already seen a little bit last year. He got injured last year. He's going to come down a little bit. So he's definitely going to be losing value. Whereas Mark Andrews for the next years, five years could be the, the you know, the tight end one, tight end two every single year. And then you're getting the first round pick on top of that, which we all know that next year's draft is going to be amazing. Uh, so even like a late first round pick, you're still getting a great player next year. Um, so yeah, I, I like that trade a lot for you. And by the way, to make it even better, guess who my dynasty quarterback is? Yes, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I needed a tight end, and Lamar's my quarterback. Thank you very much. Yep, that's a good. In one. like two minutes, gotcha. like two minutes, I'm making two trades. Nice, <laughs> nice. So um, obviously, what we've seen, not just in fantasy leagues, but DFS, is that stacking has become more prevalent. seems like to win a big GPP or fantasy league, you've got to have the, quarter, the right quarterback and wide receiver in this, not just that week, but that fantasy season. Uh, what's what are your rules with stacking? Are you yay for stacking or nay? So in best ball, definitely uh, advise stacking. Also in daily fantasy too. In daily fantasy, it's almost a mandatory if you're in a large field tournament to stack. Um, just in regular redraft leagues, I'm not as uh, apt to stack. I mean, I will if it happens. It'll be sort of a tiebreaker if I've got got a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, and then there's two guys on the board. Uh, like to say Travis Kelsey and like another tight end, uh, the tiebreaker because I have Mahomes. Um, but in best ball league, yeah, stack because you want to get those peak weeks. You want to get those those you know Josh Allen throws three touchdowns to Stephon Diggs. Then you can on both sides of that. Um, obviously, you got to make the right stacks. You can't stack just to stack. Like I'm not taking Mac Jones and Jacoby Myers stacks. Gonna not gonna do anything for me. But when you get high powered offenses like. Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Pat Holmes, Travis Kelsey, uh, Justin Herbert, and Keenan Allen, or Mike Williams. You can go any any direction there. Uh, those are all stuff you want to have. Those are all high-powered offenses that are going to put up some big points, so you want to have exposure to both guys. Would you potentially stack? Uh, I know one guy we were used to seeing when Millie Makers and Contendent every week is a Tyree Kill, but would you stack Tua and Cheetah? Tua and Cheetah would be tough, only because I don't know how powered that offense is going to be. Um, I think Miami, you know, they've got some great pieces there. They have Waddle, Bicecki, they have Hill, like you mentioned. They've got some good running backs in Chase, Edmonds, Raheem Mostert. They've got some big play guys. So 
on one hand, you know, and two is very conservative. At least that's what we've seen so far in his career. I don't know how many points they're gonna they're gonna put up. Uh, I don't hate the stack. Uh, I wouldn't go out of my way to try to make that happen. Interesting. And uh, here's an interesting thing. Like usually teams draft their teams for the first 13, 14 weeks of the regular season, but weeks 15, 17, and through 17 or 18 are where the money's made. And you look at how the schedule breaks down for guys. And uh, one guy we just mentioned, Tyree Kill. Guess who he plays in week, week 15 through 17? New England, Buffalo. Just saying. New England, Buffalo aren't exactly the easiest defenses to, to face. Not, yet, not to mention, I don't know if those are home or away, but if they are I away. I know the New England game. I know the New England game is in Foxborough. Yeah, so then you're going to have concerns there as well. And, and Cheetah needs to have that speed. And without that, with snow on the ground and stuff like that, it's kind of hard to run fast. Well, uh, CD Lamb's got two got two easy matchups. Keen Allen's got some easier matchups. I think Debo Samuel's got a couple of difficult weeks. So, it just makes things even more interesting for wide receivers, particularly if you're if you're fortunate to make the playoffs. Because if you could somehow make the play playoffs, whether it be your fantasy league or DraftKings, FanDuel, best belief, you've got a chance to win it a gobble money. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. So if you were in a DraftKings or FanDuel DFF best ball team, who's the one guy you would draft in every league? Um, in every league, one guy would draft. Honestly, it's probably like Elijah Mitchell. He's been my guy. I I, I pumped him up last year. <laughs> Ava, hold on. Yeah, that's fine. Sorry, my daughter. Yelling down the stairs to me. Uh, yeah, but Eli Mitchell is a guy that we're getting him in drafts. You're getting such, such a value for him. I was all over him last year. I actually drafted him in a lot of my leagues, um, thinking he'd be good last year. And he, of course, he was. So as far as the value that you're getting for him and where you're drafting him, it's, it's Eli Mitchell for me. Interesting. Run-based offense, top running back. Hopefully, Depot Samuel is more of a wide receiver than running back this year. Otherwise, uh, Debo might be the running back one and wide receiver one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So uh, thanks for hopping on, Jeff. Uh, we wish you well with your best ball leagues. And, uh, and uh, hopefully you'll be bringing home the bacon this year. Thanks for having me on. I really, really enjoyed this.